welcome back to another episode of Science Snacks with your science liaison, me, with a face designed for podcasting, Eric. And today we're doing kind of a bonus episode. Uh, I think we all are familiar, or at least hopefully are familiar, with a wonderful quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson, who says quite beautifully, we are stardust brought to life by the universe so that we can understand the universe. We are functionally the universe figuring out itself. Uh, And I think that's a pretty poetic way to think about you know where our place is in the universe that we are and just atoms that form some form of of self-awareness and try to understand the universe while being a part of it uh and this quote about stardust often gets you know a lot of fixation on it but i would like to take some time with you on a bonus episode for today to kind of just sit back and talk about what that really means. And this might end up being a little bit longer of an episode, but we're not worried about time restrictions here. So sit back, relax, as I tell you the story of, well, everything. All right, so let's think about a star. A star is a constant push and a constant pull. There's a lot of mass inside of a star. Now we know that gravity is gonna pull that in. So everything's pulled inside of the star because of all the mass that it has inside of it. Well as also we have inside of the star giant explosions happening in its core as fusion is happening. Atoms are moving so fast that they collide in this explosive amount of energy. This energy then is used to make new atoms. So we have this explosion pushing out and this gravitational pull pulling in. And it's in this delicate balance that everything is made, that a star even exists almost like a living creature. There are some books that even feature stars in such a way that they are these living, breathing, consuming creatures. But that's the topic for a different time. Instead, we're interested in what's going on inside of that core. So if we think about the periodic table, we have hydrogen that is one proton just being smashed into another hydrogen. And these two things, when they collide, they form helium. Helium is the second element on the periodic table. Functionally, just two protons together and two neutrons. Everything just smashed into each other. And that's really all fusion is, is colliding two things fast enough, hard enough, that the sheer force compels them to fuse. Then we get lithium. So let's say hydrogen comes along, smashes into a helium, and then we get lithium. The third element has three protons inside of it and roughly three to four neutrons. So this combining over and over and over again is the fusion that occurs inside of a star. These are the explosions that give us the heat that right now we're currently feeling in the summer, uh, that give us you know, the ability to swirl around this massive object that doesn't just fall back into itself and turn into like a black hole or something wild, that isn't just consumed by its own gravity. Instead, it is in this constant state of pushing out, all because these elements are being smashed into each other, one right after another. And this keeps going from beryllium to boron to carbon to nitrogen, oxygen, fluorine, neon, sodium, magnesium, aluminum, silicon, phosphorus, sulfur, chlorine, argon, potassium, calcium, scandium, titanium, vanadium, chromium, manganese, iron. And just like that, it hits iron. And iron, 26 on the periodic table, is just 
too heavy. It cannot get any momentum. It cannot get enough force. It cannot get enough velocity to strike another iron atom, to strike any other atom in such a way to bind with it, to fuse with it, to form that fusion that makes these explosions inside of the very center of a star. So what happens then? Progressively, you know, a star consumes up more and more of the hydrogen, the helium, the lithium inside of it. And this is a slow process that occurs over billions of years. This is a process that takes a very long time. Because it's not just overnight that you get iron that smashes into, you know, iron. Instead, we're looking at, you know, oh, maybe there's 1% iron inside of this star. Maybe there's 2%, now 3, now 6, now 20. And slowly and slowly, much like a teenager spending far too much money on their credit card, more so than what they can reasonably spend or make, uh, it falls to where there's no more, not enough, of those lower tier atoms to make up for the fact that it's just not doing enough anymore. And so these ironful stars have layers that eventually begin to expand. Uh, so these turn into your classic red giants, and these begin to consume well, you know, any planets close to them uh, begin to consume, you know, most of the solar system that surrounds them. And they also cool because they're not producing as much of that heat, not producing as much of that fusion, that explosions inside of it that was originally keeping it in balance. Eventually, there's just not enough of the, that fusion of the hydrogen, and helium, and those lesser items in its center in order to keep it going. So eventually, it all collapses back in on itself. And so the question then becomes, where do all the rest of the elements of the periodic table come in? We have, you know, elements after iron. Iron's only 26 on the periodic table. There's, you know, 108 different elements, 118 if you include the man-made ones. Where do the rest of the elements of the periodic table come in at? Well, that's a great question. See, there's this moment right as the star collapses back in on itself, right as all these things are contracting, falling back into the very center of the star, everything begins to smash. Everything begins to hit each other, strike each other in this very compact moment, this fraction of a second. And in this moment, there's so much energy release and such a tight explosion that it destroys the star. It turns into eventually a small nebula or maybe even some iteration of like a, a, a what it once was, maybe a white dwarf depending on the size of the star. But more importantly, in that fraction of a moment, the rest of the elements of the periodic table are produced. So in that fraction of a second, you get these higher elements, these gallium, these arsenic, selenium, gold, mercury, platinum. In this one moment, we have something that is, I think, beautiful. This fraction of a second where everything is collapsing and the rest of the periodic table is made right before a huge explosion where these things are eventually turned into, well, the dust of stars. This small little bit of matter that once was in the very center of the star that make up things that are important for 
for you and I. You know, things like carbon that, you know, was in the center of a star at one point now makes up, well, we're carbon-based life forms. So a lot of us, nitrogen, oxygen, these are the things that make up the majority of the things in your body. Uh, magnesium used inside of many of your enzymes as almost a spearhead. Uh, zinc used in some of your enzymes that are involved in DNA. Uh, I mean, you have iron inside of your blood. That was in the star. You know, if we think about heme groups in, in the blood, these oxygen-carrying items, this was what killed a star. <laughs> the, this thing that allows us to breathe, to exist on this planet to you know be oxygen breathing life forms is solely because a star lived and died and from its death comes our life and i think there's something really beautiful about that it is in this fraction of a second that we also get very, very heavy elements that maybe only exist for, you know, short moments, some fractions of a second directly after the explosion of the star, maybe even beyond what scientists have been able to produce inside of labs. Uh, some of these like dim stadium or uh, copernicium and things like that, some of these like man-made, very, very heavy elements aren't things that you find, you know, just wandering around looking at rocks is instead something that, you know, we make in a lab and exist for a very short period of time, but long enough to be measured. Well, perhaps the star has more ability than we do in labs because of just its sheer size. Perhaps it produces things that are much larger and exist for just fractions of a second. But in this moment, it feels to me like anything's possible. It feels to me like this is a moment of not only destruction, not only the death of a star, but a little bit of creation in its process. And because there's been so many stars, and stars will utilize this dust and make even more stars, or you know, make planets, or make asteroids that have bits of iron in them, you know, a lot of asteroids have a lot of iron content. Why is that? Well, that's because they were in stars at one point. <laughs> it, to me, I think that's wonderful. And that is a story worth sharing. So when someone says you are made of stardust, I want you to have just a little bit more knowledge of exactly what that means. Because it's more than just stardust. It's a beautiful moment of destruction, creation, and... In its death, the things that allow you to live. But that's enough for me. Hey, don't forget your safety glasses.